football friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, my name is Will Moal. I'm the pastor of the Paravissa Angola Adventist Churches in South Australia. I want to thank you for joining our live show today straight here from our Faith FM studio here in Adelaide. So excited to introduce this new theme uh, to you, our listeners today here on Drive Time. Our theme today is Radical Teachings in the Parables of Christ. So if you've been following us the last couple of weeks, we've been diving into some heavy territory in terms of the death, supernatural, and things of that nature. So we're kind of dialing it a little bit back um, over this uh, week. And so we're looking at this idea of um, radical teachings in the parables of Christ. And so that's where uh, we are and our team are going to be focusing our theme on this week. But today in particular, we're going to be looking at the question, a parable and a radical search. And today I have... Here in the studio, my co-host, uh, Pastor Yoshi. And, uh, as you know, uh, for our listeners, Yoshi, um, how, how do I explain this? <laughs> you, you work in our head I office, head I like office. to say. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> pastor to the pastors, um, yes. I guess. Uh, and also just a number of other administrative stuff, the paperwork, the boring stuff. Right. But I get to do this with you, Will, with our drive time segment. And yeah, it's, it's a real blessing. I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. I, I can't say I'm new to Adelaide anymore. I've been here f- all of four months. Four months. And yeah. what's the verdict? Um, I, uh, <laughs> I like it. Um, the water. That's, the water. Yeah, I can't handle the water. I, I just like Melbourne drinking water. So we've got. Right. Um, um, I shouldn't advertise the, the brand that we're buying, <laughs> but buy stock in Mount Lofty water. That's what we're. That's what really? we're drinking. Yeah, that's the only bottle, or, or rather the pack bottle tap filtered water, whatever you want to call yeah. it, that we can handle. Yeah, awesome. And um, you know, we just jumped. We're just into winter now. Um, we're just having a chat about this offline yeah. of how cold the winters are. And, um, you know, I've been in Adelaide for about three years now, and I can say it's definitely colder than when we're over on the East Coast, um, <laughs> up and down the mid-north. Um, so this will be your first winter in South Australia. First winter. Um, I don't think it can get colder than Melbourne, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> well, hey, I want to, um, again, just want to welcome all of you uh, listeners who are tuning in today here on Faith FM Drive Time, BQ&A, um, whether you're driving along in your car right now or you're listening uh, through our Faith FM app or you're online, however you are tuning in today, we especially, again, want to thank you for joining us. We're looking at radical teachings in the parables of Christ, but uh, before we kick off our show today, we always like to spend a few minutes with our World Watch segment, and so today, Yoshi... Very interesting article I want mm-hmm. to um, share with you and with our listeners today. Um, it's from the 7 website, and it's off the Queensland News. And the title of uh, the article is this, Man's Refusal to Allow Police to Access Phone on Religious Grounds Backed by Court. Now, this was just um, uploaded a few weeks ago, or oh, a couple of months ago, actually. And it says here, During a search of his home, the Queensland man told police there were, quote, personal things on his phone and unlocking it would violate his belief. So just before we jump in, Yoshi, Mm -hmm. it's a bit of an interesting article. Some guy in um, Brisbane, the police were trying to get access to his phone and he's like, no, you cannot get into my phone because, well, as we were reading the article, there was images of his wife and he's a man of Islamic faith and he felt it was inappropriate 
on religious grounds for the police office to get access. So anyway, that, that's kind of the gist of it. So we'll read the article. Maybe we'll, we'll bounce a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. And we'll also like to hear our viewers, our listeners, of what their thoughts are, and we'll, we'll get their in, info as well. So, so here we go. It says a Queensland man has been found not guilty of refusing to unlock his phone for police after a magistrate found it would have violated his Islamic religious beliefs. Now, let me get this right. Hamza Ali Ahmed of Kiribati, or Kiribati in Brisbane's outer south. He faced tr- a trial at Ben, ben Lee, Magistrates Court, early this month on one count of contravening an order about device information from a digital device. Police executed a search warrant at Ahmed's residence um, at 9 in the morning on July 11. Um, well, this is going back last year now, uh, 2022. The warrant contained an order for the provision of access information to any digital device located in the defendant's possession or to which he had access. Ahmed told police the reason he would not provide them with his passcode was because there were personal things contained on the phone. During the trial, Ahmed testified the phone contained photographs of his wife without wearing a hijab, or hijab, I think, and messages between them and the disclosure of either two men who were not family members was against his genuine religious beliefs. Mm. Um, he says, the, I think it goes on to say, I'm satisfied that the circumstances objectively raise a reasonable excuse, particularly when regard is had to the fact that the investigating police were obliged to give proper consideration consideration to and act compatibly with human rights. As that's, it's from the, there. that's from the magistrate. That's from the magistrate, yep. yep. And it says uh, right at the end here, the charge was dismissed and Ahmed was discharged from the trial. So, interesting article. Mm. Cops come to this fella's house, want to get into his phone, and he says, look, no, you can't get in. And um, well, we can't get in the, the phone because, as the article said, he didn't want them to see images of his wife without her appropriate religious attire um, that you know on her head and so forth. So, interesting story, Yosh, and I thought yeah. I'd just share with our listeners today because here is a story where um, he's defending his right to privacy on religious grounds. Mm. So what do you make of it, Yoshi? You know, immediately as I look at this, it um, I see it as, I suppose, good news and bad news, right? Right. Good news in the sense that uh, here in Australia, we still have religious rights, we still have religious beliefs. So right. good news in that, you know, even in, in what we consider a relatively atheistic country, um our right to practice our religion is actually still, I guess, upheld. So that's good news. Bad news, and I and I don't mean this in a sort of a tongue in cheek way. Maybe, maybe maybe I do, but the Bible talks about you know within the context of prophecy is that there will be a time when there will be religious persecution. Right. So it's bad news, I suppose. That time hasn't quite come yet. Now this could change very very quickly, of course. Yeah. Um. So I guess well the way I look at it, uh, when you send me the article, uh, I guess the way I look at it, I'm thinking, well we have th- we have the freedom to practice our faith right now let's make the most of it yeah because there's going to come a time where we can't spread the gospel where we can't preach and teach the way the way we're going to be able to the way we want to yeah i was um just doing a bible study not too long ago on um you know that that passage in um well the chapter actually in revelation 13 mm-hmm. you know you got the the land beast and the sea beast so it's very heavy prophetic imagery that's there in those in that chapter and we're kind of walking through some of the identifying marks of these particular beast powers. And yeah, there's a phrase there where it, it causes, 
essentially there's going to be a clamping down as such mm. of how people worship. And as I think I'm just bouncing what you said there, definitely mm. in the end, in prophecy, there is going to be an emphasis on coercion. Just very interestingly, Doshi, just as we know, um, some of our listeners may know if they've um, looked at the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, there is a very uh, interesting story in, there in the third chapter where these three Hebrew captives are told to bow down to this particular image that the king of Babylon in that time, Nebuchadnezzar, had set up. And so a lot of these stories that we find in the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Daniel, Yoshi, we find that they are almost like parables, stories mm. of what could be and what will happen in the future. So interesting article that today um, on the grounds of religious um, uh, liberty, like, hey, I, I don't feel that, you know, police didn't, he felt that he was... In, in his rights, not for them to have access. You know, I couldn't help but think, Yashi, if it, if it was flipped. Now, I'm not saying anything against this man's Islamic <laughs> beliefs, like good on him, you know, yeah, yeah. that he felt that he was able to say no on his religious convictions. He did not want to give over his phone. I'm wondering if it was a, a Christian and we would say, a Christian would say, mm. well, it, well, the cops came to me and said, we need access to your phone. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm a Christian. I've got pictures of my wife there. are not appropriate for anyone else to see but me. I don't know if I'd, I don't know, just hypothesizing, you know, would we probably win that as well? Who knows? It's an interesting one, right? Because um, his grounds of religious belief is his wife not wearing a hijab, a headscarf. Right. Um, and there are messages between them um, that I'm assuming are private. And it's interesting because you would think that an invasion of privacy uh, yeah. is is good enough reason. Okay, and that's yeah. and 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 interesting. You brought that up. Whether they're Christians, um, if the situation is reversed, or if they're Buddhists or Hindu, would things be a little bit different? Yeah. And 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 with all due respect and love to our, to our Islamic brothers and sisters, uh-huh. there is an image of Islam that is extremist. Now yeah. that's not representative of all Islam. Yeah. Of all Muslims, for sure. I grew up in Malaysia, and I know plenty of lovely Muslim right. people. But there is a small segment that are extremists, and they seem to be the loudest group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe that plays into it. Maybe that's controversial. Me saying that will maybe that'll get me in trouble. I I, I don't know. Um, then again, we are we have Christians who are extremists on the other side as well. Yeah. So the extremists on just about every front. And um, in this case, uh, well, I guess I guess we'll never know. I guess my admonition and my challenge to to, to ourselves and to our listeners and to our right. readers is that we we can still practice faith right now. We can yeah. still practice. Let's take the time to get to know Jesus. Mm. Um, um, as much as we we call this section the World Watch, at the end of the day, let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus because. When it yeah. comes, it's gonna be it's it's gonna come, and, and and that's it, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, you know, I th- I don't think we should watch for the signs. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that because the Bible yeah. does say watch, <laughs> but we should be watching for the genuine thing. Yeah. So when the counterfeit and all the bad things come, we recognize it straight away. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. So I hope you listeners um were able to I don't know get a bit of insight of you know something is happening happening here in this country mm. where um, a person of faith. Um, basically stood his ground and did not want the uh, police, the authorities to get into his phone. Who knows what will happen a few years from now? We don't, not sure, but I uh, love the way you balance it out, Yoshi. You know, is our first and foremost priority is our relationship with God mm. uh, as, as Christians and to just, just to be that consistent, devoted follower of Christ, not looking for ways to be, you know. Sometimes I feel like sometimes we live in a culture, Yoshi, where 
we want to be dramatic. We want to be, and you know, yeah, it's out, it's like that on social media. Like mm-hmm. when you know, I go on YouTube, it's always like the person with the the craziest title. I did this, and it's this is the clickbait. more out there. Yeah, clickbait. Exactly. Yeah. The more out there it is, the more views and likes they're going to get. And it's almost like it's just people have to one up. You know, okay, that you know, so it's it's that kind of culture we're living, just looking for that. There is that. A- that yeah, sorry. There is actually a new term. I don't know if you've heard it. It's called rage bait. Have you heard of that? No. So, so what it's it is beyond clickbait. Yeah, now. it's beyond clickbait, right? Wow. So it's rage bait because they are intentionally <laughs> doing something that incites rage. Right. So the more people get upset, the more people go and you know, because exposure, right? Yeah. And so they would do something crazy, like you know, um, yeah, I don't know, I. I I can think of there was there was a guy who was walking into houses, um, and pretending that you know he 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 he's okay, and he got it. I think he went on the BBC or something like that. I can't remember his name now. What just walking into people's homes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? He, he wasn't threatening. He's like, oh, I thought my friend lived here, and people are like you can't do that. And obviously, he became famous. Yeah. And the latest video of him apparently was him riding around in a in a push bike around a shopping center, narrowly missing people. So people are angry, right? Yeah. And they want to like, oh, and of course. You know the message I assume going around uh, social media is like, "Are you gonna check this out? This guy is this guy is yeah. you know, he's he's an idiot." You know, and and that's rage bait. And at the end of the day, um, we shouldn't focus on what is negative yeah. because there'll be plenty of things to draw us away, and, and there'll be more things if it's not clickbait, it's not rage bait. It's going to be other things along the way that will draw us draw us uh, away from from who yeah. from, from who we should be focusing on, yeah. who's Jesus, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I haven't heard of that rage bait, but I'll probably have a bit of a look into that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, awesome. So, hey, we're going to uh, promote our free book offer here at the top of the show. Um, our free book offer today that we would love for you as our valued listeners um, to take opportunity of is a book called Searching God to Love. Now, I'm just going to give you a This book's actually quite... It's worth a few dollars. Um, some of the times we give free book offers, they're you know a little bit not as expensive, more as uh, uh, literature to give to your friends. This one's almost look. I'm just gonna be open. This, you, if you went online to get this book, you're looking at about thirty bucks. So I hope you know that as listeners, we value um, you as our listeners, and we want you to get the best possible resources that you can from us. And so, just want to throw that out there. So this is not just something we're just. Throwing together willy-nilly, we'd really love for you, if you're keen to really get to know more about God, we'd love for you to get access to this. So the book offer that we're promoting today and for the rest of the week, Searching for a God to Love. And so the idea here, it's got some beautiful chapters on um, God is right brain, freedom's mortgage payments, the world's greatest lover, a path of astonishment, the worst lie ever told. And so Searching for a God to Love... It's a much-anticipated sharing book for those closest to you who have drifted from God or simply have never found a God that could they could have. And so, hey, if you'd like a free book searching for a God to love by the author Chris Blake, why don't you text the code here in the studio, SA122, and please text that to 0488880811. And just to code it one more time, SA122. Please text that in to 0488880811 and uh, our friendly bot will get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. And so please don't go away. We're just uh, going to go to a song. We'll be back in a few minutes and uh, we'll be looking at the topic 
a parable and a radical search. So please don't go away. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. All victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood? Back, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A, this is Will and Yoshi Here in the studio Our theme for this week, radical te- Teachings in the parables Of Christ, and today Yoshi and I, we're looking at the question A parable and a radical Search, and so We're going to kick off our time today Unpacking this notion of Parables and this idea of Radical, and so Yoshi um Kick us off on our program today. So the title of this week's presentations, uh, the whole week, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Christ. And today we're specifically looking at a parable and a radical search. We'll come to that in just a moment. Well, I thought since we are starting out a new series, and it's right. our first one today, I thought we'd take a small step, just a small step back and set the stage a little. Right. Um, let's let's define a couple of words to make sure we're on the same page. You know, when we say we're radical, we say, yeah. "Yep, it's not just radical now; it must be radical then." And maybe it was especially radical back then. So, we'll, let me let me start by asking you this question: What does radical? What does the word radical? I don't mean know. To I think. I think you mean something like out of the norm, maybe different, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, unexpected. Yep, challenging. Yeah, something that you normally wouldn't. Do. Something you would encounter, um, you know, in the norm of your. Say if um, I don't know, radical. <laughs> looked up in the sky, saw a pig fly. You know, that's radical. Yeah. That's like what? I you've never seen that. It's just totally, totally out of the blue. You know, it'd be radical for me, Will. What's that? Getting up at five a.m. and running around the lake for like 
an hour and a half. That would be radical. Really? Wow, okay. My that's wife would be like, what's what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but that would be a good radical, right? Because, you know, I'm trying to create a new yes. habit. When we say someone is radical, uh, I've got a dictionary definition here, one dictionary definition. Right. It describes it this way. Radical is relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. Right. So the fundamental fundamental nature of something is basically being changed. In essence, it's challenging the norm, what people believe is, I guess, common. Okay? So right. something out of the ordinary. Now, here's another word, Will. What's what's a parable? How would you define a parable? Parable is I don't know, like like a story. Mm-hmm. Some uh, a story to illustrate some type of truth, you know. Yep. Not necessarily a so a parable would be something. I mean, you can, from a, from a non biblical context, um, Aesop, right? Aesop's fables, like the turtle on the head, the tortoise on right, the head. Yes. So that's that's a parable. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and so, for example, the story of that parable tells of. I mean, what's the story of the parable of the turtle in the hair, the tortoise and the rabbit, however you want to call it. Slow and steady. I, wins. I don't know. That, yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good yeah, lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be too cocky. Yeah. Yeah. So we wouldn't by any means pick out things from the parable that are like, we wouldn't say, Oh, what the parable is trying to say is that there's a kingdom of animals that talk. And the yeah. parable is trying to tell us that there's an ongoing war between the turtles and the <laughs> rabbits. And we, we wouldn't go into that sort of detail. We would go, well, yeah. that's n- not really the point. Yeah. The point is, it's slow and steady wins the race. It's trying to illustrate one particular truth and a couple of lessons that go with it. Right. So as we go through parables, I think it's important to recognize that um, these stories are not, uh, I guess, uh, we can't pick out every single detail, um, but we're trying to yeah. figure out the big picture and some of the corresponding stories behind right. it. Um, Jesus effectively uses these short stories to convey uh, a fundamental change in faith and thinking for the people of that time. That's why we're using the word radical in the context of these parables. Right Now, Will, today we're going to look at two parables that in many ways sets up the third parable. So the third parable is going to be tomorrow. Okay. Um, all three have the same theme. It's about being lost and found. So tomorrow, Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary will take us through the parable of the prodigal son, the okay. lost son. Yep. But today, we're going to look at the first two, two very similar parables that lead up to this third parable, which we'll talk about tomorrow, which Marty and Gary will talk about tomorrow. But let's start by reading what the Bible says. Will, can you please read for us Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10? Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Okay, here we go. Luke 15. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. For I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together 
saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Okay, so Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Will, thanks for reading that. Talks of the story of the lost sheep and the lost coin. Right. And then tomorrow we're going to cover the lost son. Those three kind of fall in together. Yeah. And before, or there's a few things that stand out. But let's set the stage a little bit more. So in Luke chapter 15 that you've just read in verse 1, the tax collectors and the sinners are all gathering around to hear Jesus. We know who the immediate audience is there. Now we also know that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are there or were there as well. We'll come back to them in a moment, but we'll help our, help our listeners understand like tax collectors. Like, is this what the ATO, like the sinners, like who, who, who are they? Why? I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. As much as I, I'm not a huge fan of paying taxes. Well, actually I am because we <laughs> like the benefits yeah. of taxes, right? right? I wouldn't go so far as to go, oh, you ATO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't think we, of we don't them say that, that. We think of government servants. Yeah. Um, but, but why, 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 where are they, where are they tax collectors and sinners? I think in this, in this, uh, context, um, in Jesus' times, the way I kind of have read about tax collectors was, mm. They were basically treated like traitors because they were Jews mm-hmm. who worked for the Romans. And so they represented paying taxes to the foreigners who ruled over them. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to look at it, Yoshi, when you read about these tax collectors. You know, the Jews always had this pride that they were God's people, mm-hmm. which were they were in, in, in Jesus' day. And to have this Gentile pagan nation over them, basically overruling them. Mm. And then they had to be subjugated to them by tax. I mean, that was one thing, but then to have a fellow countryman, mm. you mm. know, kind of going around getting taxes for them, they mm. were just, they were, they were just despised. Yep. They were basically like the lowest Traders, of the low. Right? Like, how can you? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, um, that, that's kind of the picture that we have of tax collectors in Bible times. Like you're saying today, we don't look at them like that, but in Jesus' day, mm. they were, they weren't looked at very highly. So when Jesus went to talk to these tax collectors, these sinners, and um, there were other people, other sinners there, you know, your prostitutes, your your evildoers, and all those things. Yeah. Um, they were effectively looked down upon by by the Pharisees and and teachers of the law. Yeah. You know, well, let me share a quick experience. Right when I first got to Adelaide, <laughs> this is my first night in Adelaide. This is back in September last year. I hadn't quite moved yet. Right. Um, between September and December last year, I was just doing. A to travel right for work and, and all that so I was staying at a hotel in the city and that was the only place that was available so it was about 9.30 um, probably not the wisest thing I thought <laughs> eh, you know yeah, it's, 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 it's anyway I walked around the city um, and I came to this particular street and it was really busy it was I think it was must have been the Sunday night it was right. or Saturday night I can't remember it was quite busy so I was walking and as I walked People started looking at me weird, right? Because I obviously right. looked out of place. And you can tell by the way people were dressed, they smelled, and police officers driving past all the time. And I was like, oh, dear, I'm in the wrong place. Now, I didn't <laughs> think I was better than them, yeah. but I knew I could get myself into trouble. And for those of you who are from Adelaide who are listening, this was Heinley Street. <laughs> <laughs> Heinley Street at about 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 at night, um, and, um, and things were happening, and I tried to look at, I was like, I was not going to ask for directions, <laughs> and I kind of got lost. Now, for those of you who are in Victoria, this is like the St. Kilda, if you're in Sydney, it's a King's Cross equivalent, right. the red light district. Right. I had inadvertently found 
myself wandering into the <laughs> red light district. Right. And I was like, oh, oh dear, I could get myself in real trouble here. <laughs> now, I didn't feel I was better than them. I was just yeah. different. They, they were. Now, the problem was that the Pharisees, um, they're like, they did think they were better than yeah. these tax collectors. Um, the, the, the Bible says, you know, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That's what the so, Pharisees So, Yoshi, so, yeah. so what you're saying is like, this was like, in Jesus' day, the Pharisees or the religious leaders, they would never be caught in this place. Oh, where no, you no, no way. So, you're drawing a picture of, hey, this is somewhere that... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah. You wouldn't be there. I yeah. mean, if you're a you're Christian, you're kind of trying to not to get yourself in the yeah into you know this type of you know environment, so to speak. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, some of them probably didn't care about who I was, and there were a few that looked at me in a, in a way that right. I was like, "You don't belong here." Really? So yeah, you, yeah. you got looked up and down. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I got looked up and down because wow. I was just having. So was, were you a bit scared, or I, I, I don't think I was scared. I was, there was there was enough police around yeah. that I that that yeah. <laughs> maybe it was just my paranoid thinking. But I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure one of the policemen followed me. I was like, this guy is going to get in trouble. We better follow him. I, I don't know what it was. He looks lost. Anyway, yeah, he looks about- he looks lost. <laughs> um, the, the point I'm trying to make, Will, obviously, is what you just said, right? It, it, it's a radical situation yeah. for Jesus to be in this place talking to these people and it's the perfect setup effectively for these three parables the first two we're discussing today right the search the lost and found and the third one tomorrow with Gary and Marty now let's let's break it down a little bit more so the first parable is the parable of the lost sheep so Jesus tells of the story of how the shepherd celebrates finding a sheep and the key is in Luke 15 and verse 7 in fact let's read that again Luke 15 and verse 7 Seven. Yep. Um, Will, have you got that? Yep. Yep. So it's right here. It says, yep. um, Luke 15, verse 7. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven. Is that one you wanted? Yeah, that's yep. the one. Yep. Over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Mm-hmm. So this verse tells us where the emphasis and focus of God and of heaven is. Yeah. Now, this is not to say he doesn't care about the 99 in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, the, the older son uh, in the prodigal son story, again, that's tomorrow, yeah. will tell us that. But God is more concerned. He's very concerned about those who are actually lost. Yeah. And there's a bit of a paradigm shift that I think we need to make sometimes. Um, there are two, I guess, in my mind, many, two very real dangers in the Christian church. Yeah. Now, you can find many more. Um, but in the context of today's study, the two dangers that I see are these. And the first one is this. It's kind of easy to lose sight of what truly brings God joy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So sometimes we think it's about doing the right thing. It's about tra- it's about traditions. It's about having church socials and potlucks and yeah. and singing in yeah. key and making sure we dress properly and putting on a smile and and those are good things. Right. And 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 they can be a real blessing. Yeah. You know, will we go to church? We 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 do all of those things. But this parable tells us that what truly brings God joy. Mm. Is when a sheep is found. Yeah. It's when somebody is lost, is generally found. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he doesn't really care if my tie isn't crooked. Mm. Now we, now I try and dress properly when I go to church, right? I don't always wear a tie, but there's a sense of honoring God. But he's not going to go, Oh, I'm so happy because Yoshi looks good today. Yeah. Like, 
he's more concerned yeah. about finding the lost sheep. So, um, can I just add to that, yeah, Yoshi? Sure, sure. As you're talking, you know, you and I are both pastors here, mm. and uh, we we've uh, we lead churches, and and you doing it at a broader. You're overlooking all of us here in Adelaide, uh, in a sense. I think I can speak to that in a sense that sometimes as even as a pastor and you're leading congregations and even as a church follower of Jesus and I'm just part of the body as well, sometimes I think we need to just find that balance between, I guess, things we do in the church, mm. like like mm. you said, uh, how we do worship, how we do the things that kind of fall under the umbrella of, of church, you know, um, how we do social activities, etc. But it shouldn't override, um, like you said, the priority mm. of God is, is lost people. Mm. And so some there, somehow in the church and in our own lives, there needs to be that balance between, yep. you know, the things that we kind of do to, you know, the weekly service and just making sure that we kind of got our hands around that, yep. but also a heart for people and a heart for lost people. Because what I found, Yoshi, sometimes people get so, mm. so, um, involved in what they're doing in their particular ministry and sometimes it can be all absorbing mm. and that's why people get burnt out and they get mm. stressed because, mm. A lot of it is on, not saying it's not important, but I think there just needs to be a bit of a balance. Because as you, you're highlighting to us of what Jesus, what the kingdom of God is about. It's about lost people. Yep. yep. And so, but I think, to be fair, um, the weekly, what we do as Christians uh, as a corporate entity when we gather for worship, we want that to facilitate a person's, exactly. person's yep. journey. So yep. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's part of the process. Exactly. And, and, and you're right. Uh, it, you know, in no way, shape or form am I or either of us suggesting yeah. that, oh, let's go and preach the gospel. Let's yeah. not forget about, let's, let's forget about everything else. Yeah. No, 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 not even close. Yeah, exactly. Not even close. <laughs> but all of those things should facilitate the preaching mm. of the gospel because that's yeah. what we're called to do. And that's what brings God joy. And it's truly easy to lose sight of what truly brings God right. um, uh, this joy in his heart right to bring the lost as we call it um, yeah. as the Bible calls it back into the fold yeah um, all those things that we do I say uh, continue doing them you know your yeah. your church events your socials you know wearing you know dressing up nicely or whatever you want to call it whatever it's part of your routine um, do that yeah but do it within the context do it within the the focus yeah. of um, bringing people to Jesus yeah true yeah yeah I think that changes things right yeah well I said there's two things um, that are real dangerous the first one like I said it's easy to lose sight of what truly brings God joy the second um, based on what we have uh Breaking down this passage a little bit yeah. more, it seems like sometimes we think that we have to work our way back into the fold. Now, let me let me, let me be clear. Yeah. I'm not saying we can do whatever we want and just God and do all of those things. Yes, but if you look at the parable of the sheep, um, the sheep can't do anything to find go back to the fold. Yeah. It can, it can, that was a very, that was a very poor bleating or bleating attempt. I saw a lie. How do you, bar, bar like a sheep, you know, something like that. Yeah. You can make noise, right? Right. But at the end of the day, nothing you do can bring you back into the fold. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and sometimes we think we have to work our way, like we have to be good enough, or we have to done. We have we must have done enough things to secure God's favor. Uh, that's I mean that's that's utter nonsense, really, because the parable makes it clear: it is God who comes searching for us. It is yeah. the shepherd who finds us, and it is Him who brings us back. 
Awesome. And there's nothing we can do um, that that will earn us position back into the fold. Um, and that becomes even more evident. And I keep alluding to yeah. the parables, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. So would that be radical, Yoshi? Like as you read, like Jesus is painting a picture of a shepherd who basically was willing to risk the ninety nine just mm. to save that loss. Like, that's radical. I mean, oh, no, that's radical. Like yeah. if you, you know, that just does not make sense. Like yeah. why would yeah. he? And like you said, he's trying to emphasize a point mm. that that God was, you know, the shepherd will is willing to mm. risk. The, the 99 just for that one like yeah. in human terms we're like okay well you know he lost one well at least he got 99 no yeah. the shepherd or we could say God doesn't see us that way he doesn't mm. say well I've he wants to find that that one lost mm. sheep yep. so um, that yep. to me that's that's radical that's radical yeah 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 sometimes we think we're not good enough we're not this enough we're not that enough or whatever yeah. but I, I want to read it from a book called Christ Object Lessons right. uh, it's a powerful little book which expounds on the different parables of Jesus I'm reading from page 188 which says this desponding soul take courage even though you have done wickedly do not think that perhaps God will pardon your transgressions yeah. and permit you to come to his presence so Ellen White the author of the book says don't just think that maybe he will pardon. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he will permit you to come to his presence. No, 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 no. She says this. God has made the first advance. Wow. While you were in rebellion against him. So this sheep yep. basically left. Yeah. He went forth to seek you. Wow. With the tender heart of the shepherd, he left the ninety and nine and went out into the wilderness to find that which was lost. Right. Um, and Christ Object Lessons continues, the soul, bruised and wounded and ready to perish, he encircles his arms of love and joyfully bears it to the fold of safety. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Pow- that's that powerful. powerful. That's, yeah. that's radical. Yeah. And um, at a risk of comparing, that that's that's God here, right? And other gods in this world, I, I feel like if you know, if you want to calcify gods, so to speak, Jesus is the only one who goes out searching and looking, and not just wow. not just waiting for us to to come to him. And and that's radical. That's yeah, incredible. that's powerful. I love that quote that you just read. Um, I love that part where you read, God has made the first advance. Mm-hmm. Like, that is really the heart of God that Jesus is uh, expounding in, in the mm. story here. You know, just, um, <laughs> just about his goodness. So, um, I love that thought. Mm-hmm. So, it really marries well with what you were just saying. Mm. It's not like the, the sheep couldn't do anything of itself. It was lost. There was no way back. And I think what you were trying to say as well, Yoshi, is... um. In and of ourselves, we cannot, as much as we try to, um, it's all God work. Mm, it's mm, all, all God, yeah, you know? Yeah, so definitely. it's powerful. Definitely. So, um, hey, do you want to go to a, uh, we'll go to a quick break now. Mm-hmm. You want to add one more thing before we go to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll come to the second parable in just a moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're going to share that, share our free Yeah, let's do the free again. book off. Yeah. Let's get done. Yeah. So, um, hey, I hope you've been loving, um, what we've been sharing here on Luke 15, but we're just going to pause. We've got our free book offer. We're going to promote it one more time in our show today. The free book offer is Searching for a God to Love by the author Chris Blake. Searching for a God to Love is a much-anticipated sharing book for those closest to you who have drifted from God or simply have never found a God they could love. And some questions here. Do you have questions? Do you have doubts? 
Have you been hurt? Are you aching for something more? Great. You qualify to take the journey this life-changing book defines. Please, if you would like this free copy, and uh, it's quite, look, it's, the book's about 30 bucks, to be honest, if you were to get this online. Mm-hmm. So it's not a cheap book. And just to show you that we really want to put this in your hands, if you want to take advantage of this free book offer, please text the code SA122 to our number here in the studio, 04888-80811. One more time, the code SA122 to our number, 04888-80811. We'll get your details and get that book out to you as soon as possible. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him all. Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon Faith Firth, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A. It's Will and Yoshi here in the studio today. We're coming live from our studio in South Australia. If you're just joining us, we're on the tail end of our program today. We're kicking off our theme, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Christ. And today, uh, Yoshi and I have been having a conversation over a parable and a radical search, having a bit of a look at the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15. So, Pastor Yoshi, why don't you take us through? I know that you got uh, there's another 
passage there you wanted us to have a look at? Yep. So we've looked at the lost sheep, the radical search of the shepherd looking for the lost sheep um, and leaving the 99 behind. And let's look, right. have a look at, in the last 10 minutes or so that we have left, let's have a look at the parable of the lost coin. And um, well, let's read that those three verses again. Luke chapter 15, right. verses 8 to 10. Luke okay. chapter 15, verses 8 to 10. All right. Luke 15, 8 to 10. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins... If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I lost. Verse 10, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Okay, so very similar, almost identical story, at least in its key points, as the lost sheep. Something is lost, and there's somebody who's found it. Um, two things that, that we need to change um, Just before the break We talked about this, right? It's very easy to lose sight of what brings God joy Yeah. And then we talked about The second thing is that We think we have to work our way back into the fold When we actually don't So right. we talked about this briefly And there are clear similarities Those two that I mentioned Between the lost sheep and the lost coin But there are also differences Now what do you think What, what stands out to you, Will uh, Between these two parables The differences I think on a just a pure, you know, the sheep is like a living organism, yeah, if yep. I could use that yep. term, and yep. the, the coin is just inanimate. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. buried somewhere in the house. Yep. Um, yep. It, I guess, just the location of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the woman at ten, she loses one. Um, mm-hmm. The shepherd, you know, he's lost nine nine. I don't know. There's probably a numerical yeah. kind of component yeah. to it. Yeah. But I think the main one is. One knows it's lost, maybe, if I yeah, can use that. Yeah. So, like a stray dog or a stray sheep, you know, yep. if they wander from the house, they know it's lost and they're, try- they're probably petrified and, you know, trying to find their way back home. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one doesn't know it's lost. Yep. That's kind of how I and, see it. And exactly. And that's kind of the key point to a degree, right? Right. Because the sheep is out in the wilderness. It's lost. It has no way of finding its way back. Right. And it can't find its way back. Yeah. Um, the coin, and I think it's important you mentioned it, it's an inanimate object. Yeah. Um, it's almost trying to highlight uh, a lack of, I guess, awareness. Right. It doesn't know it's lost. So there's no need to find its way right, back. I get you. So you have you have you have the parable of the lost sheep. No, it's lost, but can't find its way right. back. Yeah, and the coin doesn't know it's lost, and therefore there's no need to find its way back. And then you have the prodigal son. That's tomorrow. Yes. No, he's I lost. I know you're itching to just get I'm into just it. itching because that's one of my favorite parables, right? Sorry, Marty. Mar- you got to you, leave it for you, Gary and Marty. But the, the, but, but the, 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 the prodigal son knows him, he's lost and knows how to get back. So right. three separate things. Yep. However, there's one thing that's really, really powerful. The effort to search for the sheep, for the coin, and the effort, the desire to welcome the lost son, as we discuss tomorrow, is all there. The effort is made. Wow. And especially for the sheep and the coin. Yeah. I mean, there's something very powerful here in terms of the effort that is made um, to look for both the sheep and the coin. Uh, let, let me let me illustrate. So I'm sitting across the studio from Will. He's got this. Um, he's got his top on. It looks it looks really nice. It's it's long sleeves. Um, and I have a sh- sort of short sleeve polo top. Right. It's got a branded sort of a logo on it. Yeah. Will, let me ask you this question: How much is the shirt that you're wearing there? And there's a point, by the way. I'll listen. So, what are you going with this? Yeah. Yeah. But Will, let me ask you this question. How much, how much is that shirt that you're wearing? 
Probably. You want me to give it a price? Yeah. How much you pay for it? Probably. Probably 30, 35. Yeah, 30, 35. Well, it wouldn't be more than 50. I yeah. can't even remember. Yeah. Mine's about, mine's about 30 bucks. Yeah. I got it on sale. It's normally 90. Right. Uh, got it on sale. Fantastic. $30, <laughs> right? Um, and there's a point to what I'm making here. How much would you pay for your top? Like, how much would you be willing to pay for that? You've worn it. Yeah. Like, what's the, What's the what's the what's like what, the high? to buy yeah. it again? Yeah, yeah, to buy it again. Like if I saw this back on the rack. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is my favorite top. It's ruined now. I want to buy it again. How much? Are you oh, I get to you now. Yeah, oh, yeah, not maybe ten bucks. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I've never thought of re. You'd be like, you'd nah. be like, oh, I'll just I, buy. It. Honestly, I'd be like, I don't even want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've worn it. It's, it's done. Have you ever been to those to, to those shops? And there's a point to what I'm making here, right? Have you been to one of those really fancy clothing shops? Yeah. Have, have you been inside? I can think once or twice when I had I knew I had no business being in there, but I just walked in there anyway. <laughs> you walk in, right? And you and I were looking at the show and we're like, they know we can't afford, yeah. you know? So I walked in a few times pretending to be like, yeah. I'm going to buy. And they're, they're like, this guy can't afford this, but we'll entertain him. So I so I come across this nice suit and I'm like- Don't tell me. And I'm you like, didn't look at the tag, did you? Well, you know what that's saying? If you if you have to ask how much it costs, you probably can't afford it. <laughs> so I'm looking for the tag, and they don't give what, you- What, you mean money. you walked in like, this is an experiment. Are you legit going to buy the suit? Oh, no, no, no. I, I just wanted to You just out. wanted it? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to play around a bit. Because the price tags isn't at like, you know, tarot cash, where it's yeah. just like right there, $99 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have oh, to dig come deep, on, right? that, Yeah. So I actually reach into the pocket, Uh-oh. and you have, the price tag is literally like d- dug deep into the pocket. And this suit jacket, I still remember, it was oh, $4,999. No. Just for the jacket? Just for the jacket. Oh my goodness. You know what, you know, you know what I, you know what I immediately did? Put it back in. Oh, no, no, no. I Push. was like, I was like, does this come with a jetpack? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it bulletproof? <laughs> like, why is this $5,000? I could buy literally 20, you know. And then it hit me, and here's the point I'm trying to make. And then it hit me. The reason why it's so expensive, I mean, I don't think any suit's going to cost $5,000 to make. The reason why it's so expensive is because there is someone who is willing to pay for it. Wow. Someone who's willing to go through the effort of procuring this piece of cloth for $5,000. And that wasn't even the cheapest suit that was there, by the way. Um, there was a t-shirt that was $900. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just go like, what in the world? <laughs> now, Fabiano and Hugh on Thursday, we'll talk about this price of, uh, this pearl of great price on Thursday Goodness. and this idea of worth. But we can touch on it briefly here. The woman in the parable of the lost coin, the Bible says that, you know, she lights a lamb, she sweeps the house and she searches carefully until she finds it. So that means that the woman placed great value on the coin yeah now will when was the last time you lost something in fact i'll ask you this when was the last time you lost something probably i don't know probably last week okay well what did you lose and did you go oh well actually i had a, a had my own you know favorite black pen yeah black pen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Now i've got those cheap ones you buy 10 you know pack but <laughs> this one was you know it was, yeah it was a bit more and i'm like like it i was looking for it the other day and yeah. oh well do you, you find it no. no, you didn't find it, right? I lost a USB stick. Fifty dollars. Oh, no, no it has no, it's, it's got no data in it. So oh, it's okay. okay. It's just a stick that I put on my yeah. keychain yeah. to transfer, right? It was fifty dollars. It's it's high speed because you know as high speed USB. I never heard of that. Oh yeah, super high speed, super fast. Really? And I lost it. I don't know where I put it. And I looked around for it. 
and I couldn't find it. Now, $50 is not a lot of money, right? Yeah. I just went, you know what? I spent enough time on this. It'll just turn up. Yeah. Okay. Maybe You're if I done. dropped it somewhere, I'm, I'm done. It's $50. Cut my losses. Um, I'm sure eventually it'll turn up. Now, the reason I share this is because I was also looking for something recently as well. I've been clearing up my home office. Um, I'm finally unpacking everything. Yeah. And one thing that was kind of still missing was my wedding vows. And we got married more than five and a half years ago. Now, we have it on computer and all that. Yeah. But I have the original printed version, right? You still got it? Oh, yeah, I still got wow. it. Wow. I'm a, I'm a nostalgic sort Wait, of guy. Did you right? laminate it or? I, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, I had it in front of my office, right? I was right. like, oh, that's missing. I should go, I should go look for it all right now i could have gone it's just a piece of paper yeah. i still have from my computer but this paper is yellow it's six years old five and a half years old now right it's got my tears on it and it's got all Damn. that so i started looking and i looked and i looked and i yeah. would not give up until i found it yeah because you're not getting that- emotional are you now you're oh, actually- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was looking at me it's like you're gonna start crying <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is this is of great value to me. Man. And I looked. Now, I have a system. Kind of knew which way it was. And I knew which box. You know which room it was in? Well, it, it's in the garage. Right. It's in a box, right? But I had to move all the boxes. I could have gone, eh, yep. just whatever. I'll get to it. But I valued it enough. Wow. And of course, when I found it, I showed it to my wife. And she was like, oh. <laughs> and it was, it, it was really nice. It was powerful. Yeah. I went to the effort of searching through yeah. it. Now, that's just a very, very small example. Of, I think you're preaching now, mate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. The value that yes. God has placed upon us, uh, the lost sheep and the lost coin, God really, really came searching for us. And don't wow. let anyone tell you otherwise. There's a there's a paragraph that I want to read here from um, Christ Object Lessons. I'm going to take that thought, man. I oh, love yeah, it. yeah. Anyway, yeah. keep going, man. Yeah, You're page, on a roll. Page 194. I'm going to get into preaching mode. But time is almost <laughs> over, but I, I need to read this, right? Uh, this is from Christ Object Lessons, page 194. The coin, though lying among dust and rubbish... Ooh is a piece of silver still. Its owner seeks it because it is of value. So every soul, however degraded by sin, is in God's sight accounted precious. As the coin bears the image and superscription of the reigning power, so man at his creation bore the image and superscription of God. And though now marred and dimmed through the influence of sin, the traces of this inscription remain upon every soul. God desires to recover that soul and to retrace upon it his own image in righteousness and holiness. Wow. Will, I just want to tell our leaders this. And maybe we'll spend a, uh, maybe a moment in Ooh, prayer. That's it. God has been and still is searching for you, listener, no matter. How, <clears throat> I'm going to get emotional right. now. No matter prayer. how far you think yes. you've gone, no matter how far gone you think you are, I don't believe it's coincidence that some of you are listening to this right now. Amen. And whether you are a sheep or a coin, or as tomorrow's study will discuss, a prodigal, God is searching out and longing to bring you home. That's the kind of God that we serve, Will. Yes. And, and man, this, 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 this series excites me. Man, I, I feel the Holy Spirit here, man. <laughs> Yoshi's just, he's gonna, you know, there's, there's a powerful what you're sharing. I mean, even now as I'm listening to you reading that quote. 
Man, you, you know what, Yoshi? Sorry to mm. take it back from me, but when mm. you were reading that, mm. I was watching this doco just recently on um, ABC in depth mm. about the homelessness crisis in Australia that we mm. often don't see. And you see these pe- you know, people. Some of them came from good jobs, mm. you know, mm. just uh, just things that happen, and now they're in a tent. And, they're, and sometimes you, you know, as you're watching it in your living room, you kind of you still kind of look them through a lens of oh, you know, like, mm. but. They're God's people. They, yeah, it's God's children. Yeah. Just as much as I'm a child of God, you're a child of God. They are children of God too, irrespective of the outward exterior. You know, and which God, is powerful. Yeah, and God's heart breaks because He just wants to reach out and will. As we close, I yes. wonder if we can take a moment, just a just a few seconds, just to pray. Um, there's probably somebody listening pray. here who who needs that prayer, who believes that you know you're not good take enough. Us. Let, let's let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just want to take a moment at the end of our drive time today to pray for that yes. brother in Christ, that sister in Christ. Lord, um, if you think you haven't been good enough, yes, take comfort that there is a God, there is a shepherd searching out for you, wanting to bring you home. And may this next step that you take, may you open your hearts, may we open our hearts to him as he continues to search out for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, Yoshi, uh, thank you so much for pouring out. You can, I can see that you're passionate about today's topic because mm-hmm. we're really talking about the heart of God, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And so, hey, to our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you've been blessed by listening uh, in today's show. Please, our time's up to, for today. Please join our hosts, Marty and Gary, as they look at the question, the parable of the hurting God. Uh, we know that you'll be blessed as you tune in tomorrow. But until then, we want to leave you with the words of Jesus. He tells us in the Gospel of John, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God bless you and we'll see you next time.